0: narrative called the upper room discourse chapters 13 through 17 we look back and we know what's going to happen because it's for us it's history for the apostles they're trying to put things together that Jesus is declaring and Jesus is declaring them as clearly as they can be stated but when it hasn't happened yet it's often very difficult to get your mind wrapped around about what Lays in front of you. The close of chapter 13, Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? Why does he ask that question? Because Jesus has said, I'm going to go away very briefly. I'm going to be gone. And while I am gone, you are going to be in mourning. You are going to be in mourning. That's what's going to happen. Then I'm going to come back. The world will be rejoicing. You will be in mourning. Then I'm going to come back and you will be in rejoicing. And (coughs) they can't get their minds wrapped around this. Which is understandable, frankly. You're going away, then you're coming back, and we're going to be mourning, then we're going to be rejoicing. Lord, where are you going? Jesus answered him, Where I am going, you cannot follow me now, but you shall follow me afterward. Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for your sake. Jesus answered him, Will you lay down your life for my sake? Most assuredly, I say to you, The rooster shall not crow till you have denied me three times. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. And from now on, you know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father and it is sufficient for us. The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, He will do also, and greater works than these He will do, because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you a little while longer and the world will see me no more, but you will see me because I live, you will live also. At that day, you will know that I am in my father and you in me and I in you. He who has commandments and keeps them, he has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. <clears throat> Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words, and the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father who sent me. These things I have spoken to you while being present with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You have heard me, say to you, I am going away and coming back to you. If you loved me, you would rejoice because I said, I am going to the Father, for my Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it comes, that when it does come to pass, you may believe. I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming, and he has nothing in me but that the world may know that I love the Father, and as the Father gave me commandments, so I do. Arise. Let us go from here. As I said earlier, during our prayer time, 2020 hindsight is a big help (laughs) on this narrative. Because we can look back and know how the events unfolded. They're about to chapter 15, verse 1, they leave the upper room. Excuse me. They go to where Jesus will be arrested. Given illegal trials. Be crucified. Be put in a tomb. They are mourning. They are, they scatter. The shepherd will be struck and the sheep will be scattered. They are mourning. They are often hiding lest the soldiers come to arrest them. And then Jesus comes out of the tomb and their mourning is turned into joy. Their mourning will be turned into joy. And he spends 40 days with them. By the way, the number 40 is the number of testing in the Bible. He spends 40 days with them. They have every evidence possible that he rose from the dead physically. He is every, every promise that he's had declared has been fulfilled. And then they watch him ascend into the presence of the father. I will, I will be gone briefly. I'll come back briefly. I will go. And then I will come back again. As we stated in the chapter where he is the triumphal entry and, is there is the the coming where he is the servant king, and there is the second coming where he is the conquering king. Their expectation is on the conquering king, the conquering king, the conquering king. They don't know that they need, even though it's found in the Hebrew scriptures, they don't need, know that they need the servant king. No, you need the servant king who is the Lamb of God who will take away the guilt of your sin. So that you can be welcomed into the kingdom established by the conquering king. Jesus is explaining this to them. They're having a hard time grasping it. And as I said, as we quoted, we began at the close of chapter 13. Peter, by the way, Peter is the leading apostle. Not bec- that's not an appointment He has taken the lead among the apostles simply by his steadfast leadership ability. He is the guy that always answers the questions. He is the guy that makes the declarations. Who do men say that I am? Well, some say you're the prophet of Deuteronomy. Some say you're John the Baptist, risen from the dead. Who do you say that I am? Peter, speaking on behalf of all of them, you are the Christ the Son of the living God. That's in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Okay, boys, there's the door. Many, 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 many disciples have left Jesus, and Jesus says to the apostles, there's the door, boys. And Peter is quoted as saying, earlier in this gospel, where are we going to go? We have come to believe that you are the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And then Jesus startles them with this declaration. Did I not choose you, the twelve, and one of you is a devil? And of course, we know, and it says in the passage of this, he spoke of Judas Iscariot, who would betray him. We see that betrayal initiated here in this upper room discourse. But here we have Jesus saying, will you die? You're going to lay down your life for my sake? Amongst the apostles, Peter is the man with the reputation of being Mr. Steadfast. Mr. Steadfast. Will you lay down your life for my sake? Most assuredly, I say to you, the rooster shall not crow till you have denied me three times. That wasn't just a slap in the face of Peter, that was a shock to all of them. Something's going to happen that is so threatening, turning our entire understanding of God's work so upside down that Peter will deny him? Well, if Peter's going to deny him, what will I be doing? They're all going to flee. But chapter 14, verse 1, having said to them, and having said to Peter, the rooster shall not crow till you have denied me three times. Let not your heart be troubled. Their hearts are troubled. (laughs) Their leading apostle, Mr. Steadfast among this group, Has just been told he will deny Jesus three times. What if he does that? What will I be doing? Let not your hearts be troubled. We had prayer requests, we had testimony of the troubling things going on in people's lives. Let what does Jesus say to us? Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. We've got the plan. It's set in place. It's set in place. It's set in place. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. Now that's... Okay, folks, please. Cleanse from your mind Bill Gates' mansion on the island. Okay, just... (laughs) This is the same word that's going to be translated home. In chapter, verse 23 of the same chapter. Resting places. In my Father's house are many resting places. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place, a resting place for you. I've got a job to do. Creating a place where you can go in a day to come, and rest. And where I go, you know, and the way, you know. Whoa, 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 whoa. Where are you going? Well, Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. He's told them, and he's told them, and he's told them, Uh, Frankly, folks, personal opinion, I think God gave them divine deafness. (laughs) But he also says later in this chapter, everything that I have said to you over the entire course of my ministry, the Holy Spirit will remind you of. We have the gospel of Matthew. We have the gospel of Mark. We have the gospel of Luke. We have the gospel of John. By the way, Mark and John, excuse me, Mark and Luke weren't even present. They're taking the words of other people. Every word of Matthew, every word of Mark, every word of Luke, every word of John is spot on exactly right. This is Jesus' promise. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going, and how can we know the way if we don't know the destination? Jesus said to him, okay, okay, Thomas, this isn't a path (laughs) like from Jerusalem to Bethsaida. No, 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 no. This is a path In the spiritual kingdom. I am the way. What is the pathway? Me. Follow me. Rest in me. Dwell within me. My provision for you. I am the way. I am the truth. Everything I'm saying to you. None of it will fall apart. It will all take place. I am the truth. I am the life. You have heard my words. You spent three plus years with me. You heard my words. You saw my actions. You saw the miracles done through me, the works done by the Father through me. You saw all of these things. I am the way. I am the truth. I am an authentic, perfect statement of who God is to you. I am, in fact, God the Son become flesh. The Father has done these things through me. I am the way, the truth, and you want to know what, how life should be lived? You've been with life in perfection, walking in this hostile environment. I am the way, the truth, the life. I am the life. You want to see what life really blessed life, shepherded life looks like look at me i'm the way the truth and the life if you had known me you would have known my father also if you had known me you would have known my father also for and from now on you know him and have seen him if you know me you know the father Is there any distinction between the character and the nature and the capacity, the works capacity uh, between God the Father and God the Son? No, there is no distinction. If you see me, you see the perfect replication, the perfect expression of the Father when you're looking at me. Lord, show us the Father and it is sufficient for us. Have I been with you? Verse 9, Jesus said to him, to Philip, Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is sufficient for us. Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long, and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. There is not a bit of distinction between the reality of who God the Father is and who God the Son is. Have I been with you so long, and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? There's no more clear display of the Father than in God the Son become flesh. Do you not believe that I am in the Father? I dwell in Him and the Father in me. God the Son dwells in God the Father, and God the Father dwells in God the Son, and by the way, we are to dwell in them. What's your environment? We've had prayer requests about challenges, emotional, physical, legal, all kinds of challenges, mechanical. Who's in charge of your environment? Your environment. God is in charge of the details to the tiniest detail of your environment. Nobody can look at you cross-eyed without divine permission. You can't accidentally leave that cap off your radiator without it being a divine act that ultimately will lead to his being glorified. Every single aspect of your life will result in God's glory in your life. And the day is coming when we're going to step into his presence and the only thing that will be important to us is what he did through us and for us and to us. Have I been with you so long, and yet you have not known me, Philip? you who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Now, if you have a New King James, that authority is in italics. Let me substitute a different, which means the translator supplied that. I do not speak on my own authority. Let me supply this word, initiative. My words all have as their point of origin the Father. But the Father who dwells in me does the works. I have spoken the words given to me by the Father, and the Father who dwells in me does the works. And throughout John's Gospel... Jesus speaks words, he testifies of himself, and the opposition says, well, why should we believe that? Well, how about if you look at the evidence, look at the miracles I've done. Look at the miracles, look at the works, look at the works, look at the works, look. And John only lays out seven of the hundreds or thousands of signs, miracles that Jesus did. John only lays out in detail seven because that's enough. If evidence matters, that's enough evidence. Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Listen to what I'm saying. Listen to what I'm saying. And if that's too hard for you to hear, look at what I've done. Look at what I've done. But the Father who dwells in me does the works. I have the testimony of my words and also of the works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. Either hear my words or look at the works. But you've got all the evidence you need. They had been with him for three plus years. They had never heard him contradict his message. They had never heard him misspeak the message. Folks, that's outrageous they've been with him all this time they have never heard him get confused they've never heard him contradict what he had said formerly now there might be apparent contradictions but not in real when when they pull back that oh yeah okay that works folks that is actually a measure of truth there's a wonderful book out there it's been available for a few years by a former detective with the los angeles police department. It's called Cold Case Christianity. The big point of this book, by the way, the guy who wrote it was not a Christian when, he, when his wife dragged him to church. He was not a Christian. And what he did was, okay, he got dragged into this church where he's here as the gospel and he's all these declarations about Jesus. And he, he decided what I'm going to do is I'm going to take the principles we use in analyzing, and he was a cold case detective. He was the guy that they, one of the guys they sent back these unsolved crimes to go back and see what else they can find. And what is authentic, what is truthful testimony versus what is lying testimony. And he was, he said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna read these gospels, these four gospels. And I'm going to use my cold case, principles and investigating the gospels, he was absolutely shocked when he realized this what is to us a problem in these gospel accounts where we have descriptions of the same event and there's there are minor disagreements. He was what? That was to him to authentic detectives on what's true and what's not true? When testifiers are speaking, if there is not secondary disagreement, that is a proof. If everybody's saying exactly the same thing, that means they've gotten together and (laughs) colluded. If there are disagreements on secondary issues, because one witness over here, one witness over here, they're going to see things from different angles. He is now roaming the country testifying on behalf of Jesus Christ, the authenticity of who Jesus is. Everything Jesus did, everything that the apostles witnessed, he never contradicted himself in over three years. Verse 12, Most assuredly I say to you, who, you believe, who believes in me, this is a shocking promise. He who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. What was the last miracle that we find in John Scott? He raised Lazarus from the dead. He who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these, he will do, because I go to the Father. I'm going to the place of authority. All authority descends from the right hand of the Father. What's he going to say in Matthew 28, immediately before his ascension into heaven, speaking to the apostles, all authority and all power in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore into all the world and preach the gospel, and I will be with you. I will be physically present in heaven, but I will be with you. You're going to go in 12 different directions. But I will be with you in all of those places. India with Thomas. Ukraine. All of these places. With Andrew goes to the Ukraine. All of these places. I will be with you. I can be in both India and Ukraine at the same time. Not a problem. And whatever you ask in my name, based on my authority, my reputation, the prayer answering Savior, that I will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. The Father loves the Son. The, Lord, the Father rejoices over the Son. When Cyrus does something really cool, Jesse is standing beside him going, yeah, yeah, ooh, yeah hey, that's my kid, that's my kid, that's my kid, yeah. The same thing with God the Father and God the Son. Okay? (laughs) Whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name based on my reputation, my promises, I will do it. If you love me, keep my commandments. By the way, what are the commandments? In John's gospel, two commandments. The commandments are believe in the Son and love one another. This same apostle who wrote this gospel in 1 John 3.23 says, and this is the commandment that we, this is the commandment that we should believe on the name, the reputation, the claims of his Son, Jesus Christ, and, number two, love one another as he gave us commandment. John chapters 1 through 12 is addressed to unbelievers, and the command over and over and over and over is believe in the Son, believe in the Son, believe in the Son, believe in the Son. Chapters 13 through 17, the Upper Room Discourse, what's the commandment? a new commandment i give to you that you love one another as i have loved you he raises the bar be servant of one another be foot washers of one another if you love me keep my commandments and i will pray the father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. Same word translated back in verse 10 as dwells in. The Holy Spirit will dwell in you. I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. Dwell in you. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees Him nor knows Him, but you know Him, for He dwells with you and will be within you. Remember, Jesus sent these men out two by two. They have preached the gospel. They have done miracles. They have cleansed lepers. They have healed the sick. They have raised the dead in the power of the Holy Spirit who was attending them, was with them in their apostolic ministry. The Holy Spirit who has been with you will be in you, residing in you. That will take place on the day of Pentecost. The Holy Spirit and the universal inheritance of every authentic believer in Jesus is we are indwelt by the Holy Spirit. Did the Holy Spirit ever indwell... Well, the Holy Spirit indwelt Jesus. The Holy Spirit indwelt the prophets of the Old Testament era. Not every believer, but only the prophets. And even them, sometimes it was just the Holy Spirit came on them and then departed. Sometimes it was an occasional thing. David, King Saul, was indwelt by the Holy Spirit. But because of Saul's rebellion, when David was anointed to be the Saul replacement, it says the Holy Spirit left Saul and came upon David. In Psalm 51, when David is confessing his great sin of murder and adultery, one of his prayers to God is, do not take your Holy Spirit from me. And God did not take His Holy Spirit from him. He answered David's prayer. He forgave him. He cleansed him. The Holy Spirit dwells in us Permanently, The Holy Spirit who has been with you, whose power and guidance they had experienced, will dwell in them. The Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, he will abide with you forever. The Holy Spirit whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will not leave you out in the wilderness by yourself. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you in the person of the third person of the triunity. I will come and indwell you. I will not leave you orphans by yourself. A little while longer and the world will see me no more. This is after his resurrection, after his 40 days, they will see him. A little while longer and the world will see me no more, but you will see me because I live at the right hand of the Father, all authority in heaven and on earth given to me, and heaven and on earth given to me, you will live also. They will walk in the constant blessing and guidance and strength of him. Because I live, you will live also. At that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me. I will be in my Father. I will be dwelling in and receiving all authority in heaven and earth from him. And you in me, you're dwelling in me. And I in you. Hello, resident of God. Hello, resident of Jesus. You are a, you, we are called in Ephesians. We are the temple of God. God himself dwells in us. Folks, that's the last thing Lucifer wants you to understand. Because if that's true, his whole plan, his whole scheme blows up in his face. When you stand in the provision of God, that's why we have Ephesians 6, this whole armor of God. What is it it about? It is about dwelling in the constant provision of God. And when that happens, guess what? Satan flees. He can't handle it. If you live as if you were dwelling in God and he is dwelling in you, Satan has no place to stand. It's constant defeat. He who has my commandments and keeps them. What are my commandments? Believe in the Son. Love one another. He who has my commandments and keeps them. It is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father. And I will love him and manifest myself to him. Every person in this room Who's an authentic follower of Jesus has had Jesus manifest themselves to him. And one form or another, you have all, you can all step back and say, okay, that was Jesus. There is no other explanation. That was Jesus. That was Jesus. That was Jesus. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it? That you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world. Remember, they're only they've only they've been with the physical Jesus, who is manifest to the world as well as to them. How is that we will see you, so to speak, and the world won't be able to see you? How does that work? Jesus answered and said to him, "If anyone loves me, he will keep my word." and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home, our dwelling place. You will be our mansion. (laughs) You will be our mansion. Same word translated mansions earlier. You will be our dwelling place. That's what you will be. That's how I will manifest myself to you, how my Father will manifest himself to you. He who does not love me does not keep my words and the word which you hear is not mine but the father who sent me if you don't love me what is the proof of our love for god ouch ouch it's obedience obedience and faith are from the same are the same thing Obedience and faith are the same thing. When you trust God, you will obey him. Even in the face of hostile environment, hostile world, you will obey him because you trust in him that he will make the negative that the world will pour on you for obeying God, he will make up for it. Can I say this as a Christian in spades? (laughs) He will really make up for it. He who does not love me does not keep my words. The words which I, speak, which I speak to you is not mine, but the Father who sent me the proof of love is in the obedience. These things I have spoken to you while being present with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. And again, those gospel accounts. how My word. Matthew, writing the Sermon on the Mount, chapters 5, 6, and 7 of Matthew's gospel, you, how could you remember that in such detail? Because the Holy Spirit was attending me in my memory, and as I scrawled out that those words of Jesus years later, He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Peace I leave with you. In this hostile environment, you will have peace despite the environment. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. You ever gotten exactly what you wanted from the world? And then we're disappointed. <laughs> oh, that wasn't everything that was promised. Hmm. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be troubled. Everything about the world system is designed to instill us with upheaval trouble and fear of the wrong things, of the wrong things. Do not, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You have heard me say to you, I'm going away and coming back to you. If you loved me, you would rejoice because I said, I am going to the Father. I'm going to the origin, the place of origin of all power, all authority. You should be rejoicing at that for my father is greater than I now in the basics of their nature no he is not greater but in the father has the authority that he's by the way going to hand off to the son and now i have told you before it comes that when it does come to pass you may believe and you're going and it's just going to be a few days And they're going to be sitting back going, oh my, oh my, oh my, look at that, look at that, look at that, exactly what Jesus said to us that we couldn't get our minds wrapped around. There it will be, there it will be. And I've told you before it comes, when it does come to pass, you may believe. I will no longer talk much with you for the ruler of this world is coming. The impending events that are going to, frighten you so badly. The ruler of this world is coming, meaning Satan, and he has nothing in me. He won't be able to make any charge stick. Whether it's from the Jewish authorities trying to put, do an unrighteous trial, whether it's taking him to Pilate, they're going to say, Pilate's going to say, well, what are you accusing him of? Ah, da, 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 no, you just crucify him. Why? Because the world has nothing in me. Now I've told you before it comes, when it does come to pass, you may believe, and you're going to sit back and go, oh my, oh my, oh my, look at that, look at that. This is exactly what he said we should expect. I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming, and he has nothing in me. But that the world may know that I love the Father, And as the Father gave me commandments, so I do. Jesus came to live under the same (coughs) rules as us. (coughs) He came to be obedient to the Father. (coughs) Psalm 22, which we read earlier, written a thousand years before Jesus' coming, Jesus knew this is what awaited him. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? They have pierced my hands and my feet. They've cast a lot from my garments. All my bones are out of joint. Hear me, hear me, hear me. Ah, You've heard me. You've heard me. Yay. Kingdom glory. But on his way to kingdom glory was the cross. Oh, what's our job description? From Jesus, take up your cross and follow me. But the world that the world may know that I love the Father, and as the Father gave me commandment, so I do. As hard as it was, as agonizing as it was, and when Jesus, in just a, an hour or so from these words, he will be in the Garden of Gethsemane, sweating. Drops of blood. His blood pressure is so high the capillaries are bursting, mixing with his sweat. This is not easy. He knows what awaits him. He's going to do it. But that the world may know that I love the Father and from my love for the Father comes obedience to the Father. And as the Father gave me commandments, so I do. Arise, let us go from here. And they will now leave the upper room and begin their trek to the Garden of Gethsemane while he will pray and be arrested and taken through a testing time that we will never, even in kingdom glory, get our minds wrapped around. Our Lord, we ask that you would enable us to walk in your strength. Every person in this room, in one way or another, is being tested. Has been tested, is being tested, is going to be tested. We ask that in the midst of the test, we will walk in the strength of the indwelling Holy Spirit, the Helper who has been with us, will be in us. He is in us. Trusting your promises and walking in obedience to you, knowing that you are going to welcome us into kingdom glory. Please do not let us forget what the Holy Spirit has said to us this morning. And all God's people said, Amen.